Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor Study. We've been getting lots of mail, lots of people asking lots of questions. So on this program, we're going to spend most of the time answering your Bible questions. Before we do, I'm going to do a heresy update. I'm a Lutheran pastor, and I'm going to share with you some stuff you're not going to believe. You're going to think I'm making this up. I'm not. You can either go to Facebook and type in Pastor Tom Brock. It's all at my Facebook page. You can go to another person's uh, uh, website called ExposingTheELCA.com. But what I'm going to share with you is not happening just in the liberal ELCA Lutheran Church. It's happening in the PCUSA Presbyterian Liberal Church. It's happening in the United Church of Christ. It's happening in the Episcopal Church. It's happening in the Disciples of Christ. But because I'm a Lutheran, I know the Lutheran heresy the most. Why do you hear this? The ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, is the large liberal branch of Lutheranism. Other branches of Lutheranism, Missouri Synod, Wisconsin, LCMC, are very biblical, but you're not going to believe this one. Here we go. This is an ELCA woman pastor who has written this, quote, Jesus was queer. God wants you in the most erotic, kinky way. God is fat. She, God, twerks marvelously. And then this woman uses the F word, I won't quote her, and, and then she, she, she endorses uh, what's called polyamory, which means a multiple marriage, having five people in your marriage. And then she says this, you don't effing know if she, God, has diabetes. And it's none of your effing business. She is glorious either way. Now you would think a pastor that writes these things would be disciplined by the ELCA Lutheran Church. No, I'm not making this up. This pastor was voted in to be on the discipline committee of the Delaware, Maryland Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Next, maybe you heard back in 2009 when the ELCA Lutherans voted to ordain practicing homosexuals. You maybe heard the story of the tornado. It was held, the convention was held downtown Minneapolis at three o'clock in the afternoon when they were supposed to start debating the very liberal new sex statement, the church across the street was the historic Central Lutheran Church. They were hosting the gay lobby at the church. They sent up beer tents on the lawn across the street from the convention on the lawn of Central Lutheran. A tornado at three o'clock comes out of nowhere, rips up the beer tents, the huge iron steeple the, the cross on the top of the steeple got twisted upside down, hung there for months while it was being repaired. Part of the roof got torn off of the convention center. They had to stop the convention. They go back in the convention center after the storm. One of the delegates jokingly says, well, I hope 
what happened isn't God's comment on what we're doing here today, ha ha. And then the ELCA voted in the extreme stack statement, the pro-gay stuff, by 66.6%. Well, that happened back in 2009 and it caused the largest church split in American history. The ELCA is losing like 70,000 people per year and has just shrunk from what it used to be. Well, fast forward to today. There's a woman pastor at Central Lutheran now who recently preached on Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman, the woman who wanted the, Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, but I've been sent to the Jews. Uh, and, and she says, well, you know, dogs. And, and so here's what the woman pastor said about Jesus' interaction with the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus made mistakes and he needed to come to his senses. Jesus repents and he apologizes to this woman. Jesus sees what he has done is wrong and he is sorry. Jesus screwed up. And then in the part of the other sermon, she talks about eunuchs and LGBT people because they're very pro-gay church still. You know what's wrong with that? What Jesus was doing, he was pushing the woman to exercise her faith and to persevere. He wasn't sinning against her. You know, that sermon takes away Christ's atonement. If Jesus sinned, he had to die for his own sins. But he didn't sin. He was sinless, so he could die for our sins. She just took the atonement away. And does the Bible teach that Jesus was sinless? It sure does. If you read Hebrews 4.15, 2 Corinthians 5.21, 1 Peter 2.22, it says Jesus was without sin. And, and it's... Um, if you, de if you deny that Jesus was perfect, you've, you've destroyed our atonement. There are other liberals in the church today that don't believe that Christ died in our place for our sins. They call that divine child abuse. For God the Father to punish His Son for our sins is God practicing child abuse. And these people are in Christian pulpits? All right, next item. ELCA lesbian pastor says, quote, the spirit moves where she wills, and who are we to stop her? It is also now becoming very popular for uh, some in these liberal denominations to call the Holy Spirit she. There's no biblical warrant for that, but um, that doesn't stop uh, this woman. And also the Holy Spirit is the one who moved the ELCA and the United Methodists and the UCC and the uh, Episcopal Church. The Holy Spirit is the one that moved these churches to affirm homosexuality. No, he didn't. If, if the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, which is what 2 Timothy 3 teaches, then the Holy Spirit isn't going to contradict himself and change his mind 2,000 years later about homosexuality. Next, this is the Southeastern Pennsylvania Synod of the ELCA Lutheran Church. They did a video and the pastor says this, to my LGBTQIA plus siblings, quote, you are who you were created to be. Our creator is not one gender, but God is at the same time full of gender and also beyond gender. The church told lies about you and, and what is acceptable in God's sight. We as, a, as the church have killed and wounded our LGBTQIA plus siblings by declaring your body sinful, what God has called good. I am deeply sorry. Church, we must repent. 
And then she ends the, the sermon. May we follow the Spirit's lead and work for justice and equity for our LGBTQIA plus siblings. In other words, the Holy Spirit is behind this. The Holy Spirit gets blamed for a lot of stuff. I'm going to say this. The Holy Spirit never contradicts the Scripture with the Holy Spirit inspired. Next item. The first practicing homosexual bishop with a husband in the ELCA is a man by the name of Guy Irwin. He now has, uh, he's been a bishop for many years. Now he's leaving to become the president of United Lutheran Seminary in Pennsylvania. Let me tell you what happened. Uh, there was a president at that seminary. When they discovered that in her past she believed homosexual behavior was a sin, a furor was caused and she, she left. So now who do they bring in to replace her? A, a, a man with a husband who was a bishop in the church. And, and you know why uh, uh, United Lutheran Ch Seminary exists? There were two ELCA seminaries in Pennsylvania, but as the ELCA shrinks and people leave that church and their denominations, they had to merge two seminaries. My seminary here in St. Paul, Minnesota, Luther Seminary, had to sell off buildings because it's becoming so small. One more item. This is, an, I, I just read Living Lutheran, the official magazine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. They have an article about a transgender ELCA pastor. Quote, I always like wearing women's clothing. And uh, he, I refuse to say she, he got married to a woman, then got divorced. Then he went to a transgender conference and discovered, I've always been a woman. Uh, now, and now, um, uh, he, dressed up as a woman, is an ordained pastor in an ELCA congregation. I'm going to say it again. I was raised Lutheran. This ain't my grandma's Lutheran church. Martin Luther would scream if he could see what is being done in, in the name of the Lutheran church. John Wesley would scream if he could see what is happening in the Methodist Church. So if you attend a United Methodist Church, a United Church of Christ congregation, an Episcopal Church, an ELCA congregation, and the Disciples of Christ do, they drank the Kool-Aid, now they're ordaining practicing homosexuals, time to get out. Now, but go somewhere. If you're a Lutheran, join the Missouri Synod or the um, Free Lutherans. If you're uh, a Methodist, join the Free Methodist or the Good News Methodist. If you're a Presbyterian, leave the PCUSA and join the Presbyterian Church in America. They're all are good alternatives. Leave these churches with your money. You don't want to support that. The ELCA and these other denominations, I'm not sure about the Disciples of Christ, but the ELCA and the PCUSA Presbyterians pay for abortions with offering dollars. That's one reason never to give them a penny. So... I got an email from a woman that sees our show and doesn't like it. You know, Pastor Brock, her point was, you're so hateful and ignorant. Uh, I want you to know many LGBT people are loved by me, and I'm a Christian, and I affirm their behavior. And I wrote her back. I personally have struggled with same-sex attraction most of my life. Go to my website, pastorstudy.org. Look at my article called, My Struggle with Same-Sex Attraction. I know this struggle. But I don't go there because I don't want to go to hell when I die. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, people having sex outside of marriage will not inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you Corinthians, but you got saved, you got forgiven. And, and uh, what I said to her was, 
If you love the LGBT community, you will encourage them not to get into that behavior and to leave that behavior. Well, there is our heresy update. The rest of our show is going to be doing your Bible questions. One last thing on this, though. I got this letter in the mail. Pastor Brock, we have been attending an ELCA Lutheran church for many years. Through your broadcast, we learned what the ELCA has been doing with our tithe. Uh, I have been attending there since 1998 and weren't aware of this. It deeply grieves me because we are pro-life, we're anti-gay marriage, and we get letters like this. Thank you, Pastor Brock. Our pastor never told us that our offering dollars can pay for abortion or that it's supporting gay marriage, etc., etc. So there you go. Now let's move on and do your Bible questions, please. Here we go. Uh, Pastor Brock, you talked about predestination on a show that basically I taught that everything's predestined, which I believe. Well, years ago, the man who shot the Pope was that God's will. Well, that's a hard one. <laughs> and, well, I, I guess I'd answer it this way. Was Jesus' death the will of God? It was. We know it was. Acts chapter 2 says Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. And, and Jesus said, a bird doesn't fall from its nest apart from our Father. So yeah, I believe everything is under the predestining hand of God. That doesn't mean I understand at all why God allows certain things, but that he does. All right. Next question. This comes from a reader who says, I was raised Catholic and I am a Catholic. Is Catholicism bad? My friends tell me that it is, but I'm a Catholic and I believe Jesus is the only way. And I think most Catholics do believe that. Well, that's now I'm going to lose about half my audience. I'm a Lutheran. People think I'm a Catholic because I wear this. Lutheran pastors wear it too, but here we go. Well, first, the good news. There's some things I really appreciate about the Catholic Church. A Planned Parenthood abortion clinic has now opened up two minutes from my house. It's like having Auschwitz in my backyard. And who are the people that are praying in front of that abortion clinic? It's the Catholics, God bless them. Now there's evangelicals in front of there too, and I think I better join them. But um, so on moral issues, Catholic Church is clear that abortion is wrong, premarital sex is wrong, homosexual behavior is wrong. I very much appreciate that about the Catholic Church. But I personally can't be a Catholic. Why? Purgatory, indulgences, praying to the saints, praying to Mary, wearing scapulars. Uh, I could go on and on, but I, I, the, I, I wish the Catholic Church clearly taught that we're saved by Christ's death on the cross and not by our good works. But sadly, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the present pope. Early on when he became pope, Pope Francis said this, quote, to the atheists, just do good and I'll see you there. Meaning, yeah, you don't believe in God, but just be a good person, I'll see you in heaven. Nowhere does the Bible teach. First of all, nobody's good. Jesus said no one is good. Not, no one, not one is what Jesus said. And, and Paul says the same thing, Romans 3, no one is righteous, no, not one. And, and then he did it again. You can Google, Google Pope Francis 
to seven-year-old boy, you'll get, a, an, you'll get a video of Pope Francis answering people's questions. A little boy gets to the microphone. Pope Francis, my father was an unbeliever, but he got all of us kids baptized in the church, but he himself didn't believe in it. And now my father has died. Will I see my father again? Pope Francis's response, your father was a good man. You will see him again. Ah. Uh, and, I, and I know, here, here's my point, I know there are Catholics who know the Lord. I, I'm, I'm a believer that there are Christian people in the Catholic Church. But sometimes, of course you can do this to a Lutheran too, but sometimes you ask a Catholic, are you sure you're going to heaven? You get, well, I hope I've been good enough. And you, then you've got to explain, you haven't been good enough. You're a sinner. It's only through Christ. By grace alone, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's by the grace of God we're saved, not by our good works, because we can never be good enough. And, you know, I'm, I'm not picking on the Catholics. Lutheran, I'm a Lutheran pastor. I've had lots of talks with Lutherans who don't understand they're saved by grace instead of by their good works. But for those reasons, I cannot personally be a Catholic. If somebody asks me, should I leave the Catholic Church? I say, I would for a more biblical branch of the, of the church. So there we go. Next question. Should I attend a Buddhist Christian wedding? Well, in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, it says, don't be mismated with unbelievers. The Bible teaches if you're a Christian, you marry a Christian. So do you go to a Buddhist Christian wedding? Well, I think, if, if, I, I think probably not. Now, on the other hand, it could be somebody who claims to be a Christian because they 40 years ago got baptized. They're not a practice. I think I could go to a, a wedding of a Buddhist and a Christian who's not really a Christian, because uh, 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 they're not, but if it's a real Christian marrying a real Buddhist, I don't think I'd go. Uh, next question. Should I attend a same-sex wedding? I wouldn't, and I, I, I know a couple that had to say no to going to their lesbian niece's wedding, and they, they got lots of flack from their family who won't talk to them anymore. But I think if you do it lovingly and humbly, and, and these, this couple did, by the way, and say, look, I love you, but I don't think this is good for you. And 1 Corinthians 6 says you need to turn from this. And, and, and if you do it lovingly and humbly, and they blow up because of it, you did nothing wrong. So I don't think I would. Next question. Pastor Brock, my King James Bible says in 1 John 5, 7, Quote, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Why can't I find these verses in other versions? Well, it's because the King James Version, written in the 1600s, had, took the best ancient manuscripts they had at that time and translated the Bible. The problem is that verse is not found in more ancient manuscripts, so none of the newer versions have it. There are people who are King James only people and they think the King James Bible is the only true Bible. Well, that's not true because what? There wasn't a Bible before 1611? And what do the people in Spain do? They, they don't have the Bible in King James English. So that, that's a false teaching when people insist you can only read the King James Bible. Nothing's wrong with the King James Bible. I've got a copy too. But um, I love what's called the e English Standard Version, the ESV Study Bible. It's, it, it's very literal in its translation of the original languages, uses the most... Uh, the best documents we have now, the ESV Study Bible. I'd buy that if I were you. 
Next question. If we go straight to heaven when we die, like you said on a show, why will Jesus come back at the second coming to judge us? Aren't we judged already if we're in heaven? Well, that's a good question. I'll, I'll tell you how I put it all together. I think when you die, your spirit goes to heaven. But you don't have your perfect new resurrection body, and you haven't been judged in the sense of getting rewards for what you did on earth. We're not saved by good works, but you do get rewards. It still teaches that you are rewarded. Some people get big rewards, some don't get anything. We're all saved by the grace of God only, and that's the way you get in, but there are rewards. I don't think that happens until judgment day and when the saints return with Christ in glory to be raised with their perfect new body. So that's the way I do it. Um, what do you believe about purgatory? I don't believe in it. Purgatory is a Catholic teaching that if you die with sin on your soul, you have to go to purgatory maybe for hundreds of years. I don't think there's a, they don't know the time period, but you go and you get purged and you have your sins burned off. So I remember I've been in Catholic churches where there's souls in the flames of purgatory holding up scapulars, these things you wear around your neck to get time off of purgatory, holding them up to the Virgin Mary, pleading with her to get them out of purgatory. This is why Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation. Purgatory is not in the Bible. It's definitely not in the Bible that if you give money to the church in the 1500s to pay for the building of St. Peter's Cathedral, that the Pope can get grandma out of purgatory quicker for you. That's nowhere in the Bible. So I don't believe in purgatory. I believe Christ's atonement was sufficient. He said on the cross, it is finished. All of our sins are paid for. So I think when I die, I'm going straight to heaven. Not because I deserve it, but because Christ made full atonement. Um, next question. My uncle was an official in the church, a deacon. He tried to molest me when I was a teenager. He is now dead. Do I have to forgive him? Will I have to see him in heaven? You have to forgive him. And we, you know, we have to forgive people their most grievous sins against us. I'm not saying you can do that on your own, so you pray. Holy Spirit, give me the grace. And I, I would do this in prayer. I would say, God, I forgive my uncle for what he did to me when I was 16 years old. Not in your power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, I forgive him in Jesus' name. Amen. And then you've done it. Now, you might still feel bad things for him. You might still have awful memories. But in prayer, you forgave your uncle. And will you have to see him in heaven? <laughs> I don't know. You'll, you'll see him transformed. He won't be what he was if he, if he was indeed a believer. Next question. Are fallen angels and demons the same thing? I'm guessing they are. It never says that, but the Bible talks about demons. And it also talks about fallen angels that rebelled with, uh, with the devil. So I'm guessing they're the same thing, but I'm not sure there's a clear answer to that. Next. We are an elderly couple, both widowed, and are in a deep relationship and feel totally committed to each other. Does, loving, does living together and possible sexual, sexual activity make us sinners without formal marriage? I believe fornication is a sin whether you're 18 or 88. So I would say yes. Um, and pl plus, what are you teaching your grandkids? Grandma's shacking up with some guy. Why can't I do it? So, and because 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 teaches fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God, I wouldn't risk it. So I would either move out and be separate and not have sexual activity, 
or I'd get married, but I wouldn't check up, live together. It's still a sin no matter what age you are. And again, that's from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Next, you said on the show, Jesus appeared in human form for the first time when he was born in Bethlehem. But didn't Jesus first appear when he and two angels visited Abraham and Sarah in the book of Genesis? And my answer is, well, maybe. If you know the story, three people show up, angels, I think, uh, to talk to Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament. So that'd be 4,000 years B.C. Well, I think Jesus became incarnate, took on human flesh uh, about 1 A.D. when he was born on earth. Some people think, and they might be right, a pre-incarnation, a pre-vision of Christ happened when he was one of the three that appeared to Abraham and Sarah. But that's a guess, and I'm guessing they were angels. But it's, it, it does say, though, Paul says that Jesus is the one who led them, the Jews, in the wilderness in the Old Testament. If you, if you, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The rock that followed was Christ, is what he said. And so there, Jesus is the same God as the God of the Old Testament. So, but he became human in the New Testament. I think we got time for one more. Is Saturday the true Sabbath? If you have Seventh-day Adventist friends, they will teach you that the Jews worshiped or on Saturday, and so Christians did not have the right to change it to Sunday. And uh, therefore, we should all worship on Saturday. I don't believe that. And the reason I don't is Romans chapter 14, uh, starting at verse Five, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days as alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Nothing's wrong with worshiping on Saturday, but of the Ten Commandments, the only th commandment that is not reiterated for New Testament believers in the New Testament is Sabbath worship. And the, the early church, it, says, it talks about them worshiping on the first day of the week, that's Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead. It, it appears that that was such a big deal that early Christians worshiped on Sunday rather than Saturday. The day doesn't matter, but if you're, there are some Seventh-day Adventists who think you're not saved unless you worship on Saturday, nowhere does the Bible teach you're saved by which day of the week you worship on. So those are, boy, we got a lot more. So in upcoming shows, we'll do a lot more questions for you, but I, I better wrap this up. I just want to say thank you for, for praying for our TV show. We've added a second national network, which is why we're getting so much mail, which I'm grateful for, <laughs> but it's a lot of work. But would you pray for our ministry? If the Lord nudges you to, to support us, there'll be a... Uh, 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 address in a minute that you can support us and pray for us. If you want to see this show again or any of our shows for free at any time, go to pastorstudy.org. All of our TV shows are there. We have articles on this like what does the Bible say about homosexuality with all the verses? What does the Bible say about the Trinity with all the verses? So just go to pastorstudy.org. Thanks for praying and God bless you. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. 
If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.